Hey guys, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us and follow our Instagram, Twitter, and Curious Cat socials at Abwan Podcast. Our TikTok is at Abwan Chronicles. Or even email us at abwanchronicles at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the team, check out our merch at abwanchronicles.com. And you can also buy us a coffee or purchase a monthly membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash abwan podcast. This season, we're coming with new episodes every first Wednesday of the month. Don't forget to turn on that notification bell. Salam everyone, welcome to the Abwan Chronicles podcast, a podcast hosted by five black Muslim women, Ikran, Istahil, Sahra, Umul Khair, and your girl Hafsa living her best life out in self-imposed exile in London, UK. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, politics, and more. Assalamu alaikum everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Abwan Chronicles podcast. With us today are myself, Hafsa, and... Ikran. Istahil. Hey girls. It's been a minute since we've all sat down together, but hey, how's it going? <laughs> Not the small talk. We're good. <laughs> the small talk. Not the small talk. Listen, I'm trying to make it... I'm trying to get my best radio host uh you know voice on but anyways so guys for today's episode uh or for this month's episode we're talking a bit about hijab um this isn't a topic that i know i know ooh drama to be honest this isn't a topic that we've delved into much even though we're five hijabi women all of us on the podcast but it's something that and for a number that's for a number of reasons that we're going to go into today but it's something that we've noticed has had a lot of attention over the last few weeks. It has had a lot of attention forever, but it's over the last few weeks especially, there's been a lot of chitter and chatter and nonsense going on about hijab, what hijabis are allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do. And once again, um, men dictating what we should do with our bodies. Uh, which is, <laughs> you know, I think it's it's different now because it's finally a conversation outside of Muslim Twitter where the hijab is being talked about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we, we always see it online for once it's being talked about on a much larger scale or from a different audience so before we we dive into exactly what's going on and and what our viewpoints and our opinions are i think it's fair for us or it's 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 a good idea for us to go into the definition of what is hijab again this is something that a lot of people may um, have different opinions on and different viewpoints but i think for us to lay down the groundwork um, coming from the quran and the sunnah is really important for us today so Ikran, do you want to share with us a bit about that? Absolutely. So we'll be referencing an article by the Yaqeen Institute. And this article is called, Is Hijab Religious or Cultural? How Islamic Rulings Are Formed. We're going to start with uh, verse 31 in Surah 24, Surah Nur. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And tell the believing women to lower their gaze and guard their private parts and not expose their adornments, zina, except that which necessarily appears thereof, and to wrap their head covers, khumurihinna, over their chests and not to expose their adornments, except to their husbands, their fathers, their husbands' fathers, their sons, their husbands' sons, their brothers, their brothers' sons, their sisters' sons, their women. And so that's a verse in the Quran that talks about hijab in a sense. So... I think it's worth mentioning that when, at least for me, when I when we decided to do this topic, I realized like I actually don't know what hijab is. Like I know what it is to me, but I realized I don't know like if someone asked me and I had to tell them like this is what it is, like I wouldn't comfortably be able to say it with feeling like I'm backed by 
the Quran and Sunnah. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of why I started Googling. And I'm like, okay, all these articles are literally just like news outlets telling people what hijab is. I'm like, uh, this is not what I'm looking for. And so with this article specifically going over it, it made me realize that the Quran itself talks about hijab, but it's really in the Sunnah and the, thi- uh, the things that the Prophet ﷺ said that really allows us to encompass what a hijab is, right? Because in the Quran, it says, you know, cover their heads, but then in the hadiths, and I think some of them, we can mention them as well, kind of speak more to like covering your whole body and not just your head and things like that. Yeah, so like, for for instance, in the in the verse, it says, um, also, and to wrap their head covers over their chest and not to expose their dormant. So um, later on, um, there's a hadith also that um, is mentioned in the article that was very interesting, where Aisha radiallahu says, paraphrased that, you know, the Ansad woman or the woman of the Ansad were the the strongest women um, and strong in their confirmation of Allah's book that when Surah An-Nisa was delivered or revealed uh, they immediately sorry Surah An-Nur <laughs> was revealed they immediately drew their khumur over their chests uh, they all t- uh, well to draw their khumur over their chest they all tore up their waist wraps and covered their chests with it or covered themselves with it sorry so that's like telling us also that it was taken in the literal sense where another article of clothing was then taken to cover um, their bodies up with and then also another thing that another um, hadith that kind of gave us a better idea as to what were the social norms at the time and what people were were doing and what the Islam changed was there's a, a hadith narrated by Hafsa where a woman came to uh, the Prophet and asked with regards to taking care of people um, in battle and taking care for the wounded is it any objection for women to st- uh, to stay home if they don't have an outer covering a, a jilbab because at that time it was normal for women not to come out in public if they didn't have a means to cover themselves uh, because the cultural practice at the time women should um uh who could not cover themselves should stay home and then normally ideally they you know the prophet could rather could have said oh um you know you're gonna get the good deeds for the intentions and if you can't cover yourself continue to stay home and privacy is better for you rather than that prophet instead said um she should cover herself with her companion's jilbab i.e borrow a jilbab from someone else or borrow clothing from someone else and take part in the good deeds and the religious gatherings of the believers. Now, why this is significant at the time was because, like I said earlier, culturally, it was expected for women to stay home, um, to, you know, be private, to not be out there. But instead, what is what the hijab at the time was giving to people was a sense of um, community, being able to be part of the community, being able to engage and also be uh, modest at the same time. It was a way for people to be a part of something bigger rather than women being something hidden away. What we do know is that, yes, there's a lot, like Ikran said, a lot that when it comes to definition of hijab that we see from the hadith, the, the Quran just kind of states it very, you know... Generally. Generally, yeah, women need to cover. It's like salah, you know, you need to pray. Women need to cover up. This needs to be modest and all of this. But it's the hadith where you see the um, almost interpretation of it all. And that's, I think, why so many people have different things to say about exactly what hijab is and and how it should be worn and what exactly it covers. And also to consider that the fact that the, con- the major consensus is that from a lot of the ulama is that hijab is something that covers your head and your chest primarily um, and it's also a, a, a way of modest dress and being because there's also a different hadith that speak about clothes being t- sheer and and see-through and things like that as well so we don't want to go into this uh into further detail because we can go on and on and on this isn't an islamic lecture about what hijab is exactly i think it's more about what we, how we think of it and how it's being perceived in today's society am i right girls mm-hmm 
Yes, yes. On top of that, it's so complex. And like, we are not ulama. We are like people who practice Islam, but we're not like people who teach Islam or, you know, go into so much detail and learning all the details. We'd honestly be doing a disservice and it needs to be read about more. So this episode is going to be about like the way we grew up with the hijab and since we're hijabis and like how we see it. I found it so funny that in the, <laughs> before we recorded, we were all joking about how wow, when's the last time we heard a lecture about hijab or attended something? And I was like, yo, it's because of all our PTSD, like the trauma, (laughs) the trauma of learning about hijab as a kid. The thing with Islamic knowledge is that you revisit basics a lot if you're not like a scholar. Like we are, we didn't decide to go to, you know, like Islamic school for for university or all of that. On top of that, we're women. So like resources are very, very, (laughs) like to be honest, really lacking. But at the same time, we always revisit stuff. We always revisit like, you know, tafsir. We revisit, you know, head we revisit the sirah we revisit so many things we, we revisit salah and how to pray and how to fast and like all the other the pillars of islam we revisit all that but we i don't think i've ever revisited hijab i google it sometimes and i know about it sometimes but i was taught like i came from a family where my parents i was wearing hijab at a very young age like it's truly part of my culture now so i never thought about it beyond the first time i was taught about it like beyond the little things i was taught by my parents like oh you cover this and you cover that or you wear this and you wear that and that's the reason why and this is the hadith for it but that's it that's about it i've never revisited and i find it so interesting why we're so not hesitant but why it doesn't cross our minds to have this knowledge like unlock i think it's because we think we already know everything we need to know about it right because like i already have an idea of what hijab is to me and what it is like for me it's covering your whole body wearing loose fitting clothing you know only your hands and your face show you know what i mean so it's like that's what I take it as and that's what I go I guess into the world as and whether or not I can I completely do those things is a shortcoming on my part but I know that's what it is you know what I mean so I've personally never looked back I guess but then now for this episode I was like okay we need to like we can't give people definitions of hijab based on what we think it is we need to really look and research and really get authentic sources from the Quran Sunnah right so for me that's I think what it is right like I'm just like okay you cover your whole body loosely don't wear tight-fitting clothes make sure your like neck doesn't show your hair doesn't show all of that stuff and then you know for me that I guess was the justification but like now that I'm reading more it it really helps like it's knowledge is never going to like really diminish anything right so like reading more knowing more about it is always helpful but one of the reasons why again this was really interesting and why we want to talk about it is like a lot of the conversation around hijab today and how like there's everyone has something to say about hijab whether it's you shouldn't be wearing it whether you're oppressed because you wear it whether you're not oppressed whether you know and so i think it's just take it off if you're not gonna wear it properly oh my gosh that's like (laughs) i want to say that's my favorite because that's my the favorite the one that i hate the most like i think that's like one of the most problematic takes ever but it's like everyone has something to say and it's just so exhausting as muslim women like i also feel like i've kind of blocked it out because i'm just sick and tired of hearing mostly men telling women what to do and a lot of the times let's be real like women women know what they should be doing like a lot of the times like someone's not going to be like oh wait thanks for telling me like i have to wear hijab you know what i mean like a lot we a lot of us know already that we should be wearing hijab you know a lot of us know what the correct hijab is for the most part but like 
you don't need to be yelling down someone's throat, throwing hate comments, whatever, telling them what a hijab <laughs> is. It's honestly not even a siha at that point. You're just, you know, and it's just very interesting how everyone has something to say. But, you know, that's basically a huge part of the reason why I, A, hate revisiting this topic, B, rarely read about it or uh, study about it. And it's because when I say, like, it's a, it was a traumatic experience, I genuinely mean it was a traumatic experience. Because a lot of us, A, we wear hijab purely out of culture. Like, even those of us in this conversation right now, out of the three of us, how young were you when you wore hijab? Did you even know what it was when you first put it on your head? And then what had you keep it on for the rest of your or for however long you ended up wearing it, right? I wore, I put on the, I, rem, I don't even remember when I actually put on the hijab. I just remember always wearing it. And when I say always, I mean like from kindergarten. And I don't remember a time where it was even an option for me not to wear it. So it was always something I was supposed to wear. And when it came to the reasoning and the rationale for it, yes, hijab is part of the deen and it's what we're meant to do. But 90% of it was because it was, it's what I'm supposed to do culturally. Like if I don't do it, you know what I mean? Why am I like yeah. it, it literally was like you are Someone's a Someone's gonna ring ring. No, well, you are if you're not wearing hijab, you are a whore. You are a harlot in the streets. You are Ayal You are you are you are not a good girl. It's not even like it's not, not if, not if you don't fast, killing. it's not the same. No, really. Because if you don't fast, if you don't pray, if you lie, if you steal It's a private thing. Like, these no are all cares. yeah, these are all different things that people necessarily cannot see. Or if they do see, they'll be like, Hey, you're supposed to do it. Okay. Now things are a lot more lax and there are a lot more people who aren't wearing who are who aren't getting so much backlash for not wearing hijab. But you guys, I genuinely remember being a kid in middle school and like the beatings girls would get for wearing their hijab backwards in the mall. Damn. Like, it was a big deal. Like, just tying your hijab backwards. For what? Yeah, I remember the for CK what? hijabs. Yep. You know what's crazy about this is that this energy, this level of, like, you know, like, literally threatening girls to wear hijab or, like, calling them all these really, really aggressive terminology starts out when the girl's, like, 13, 14, 15. Like, literally. By the time you're old enough and you could defend yourself, no one is giving you, like, that much energy anymore. But up when in your pre-teens, teenage, if you experiment with your hijab, if you try something different, I'm telling you, every single person within a... Uh, eight mile radius is calling your parents every second like it's it's kind of insane what is it at the end of the day like when you really think about it and i think this is the first this is probably the first conversation of or like the first battle of feminism most muslim girls go through it's all about policing women and their bodies women and girls bodies and telling them what they should and shouldn't do for who for men because men have ownership over you and they tell you what you should that's literally what it all boils down to i don't that's why i'm like a lot of times hijab putting it on for us culturally is purely that it's cultural and it's because this is it's what people dictate what you're supposed to do it has nothing to do with your religious beliefs because you're going to find families who aren't necessarily the most practicing or the most religious and they're also like mm-hmm. forcing their kids into doing not forcing their kids into doing this but there's certain expectations into doing this and again different cultures have different expectations or have different things that they stress upon in when it comes to the deen right so i know for a fact mm-hmm. like somalis we are oh my god the way we hold on to dress and you know clothing hijab skirts all of this stuff the obsession that we have with that other cult other cultures like you know girls aren't wearing hijab until like they're 18 19 towards the end of high school 
but I think that's a very diaspora thing too. No, but no, no, I don't think so. Where... I don't, I don't think so, Sahel, because even like I back think it's home... no, I mean like during yeah, I know, but it was because a certain thing happened, like you know, because of the war, because pre and post, those people went through a firsthand experience, and we don't have that firsthand experience. So to us, it's like, why are you guys so intense? Like literally, why are you guys so intense? But regardless but of the them, reasons, regardless yeah. of like why ex- the like the the steps or the events that led up to you know us being so much more adherent to this aspect of the of the religion, whereas for example, another culture they stick more to the whole you know girls are supposed to stay at home, or another culture they're like oh no you know you need to make sure that. You know, it doesn't matter if you're wearing skin tight clothing, but it needs to cover every inch of your body except for your hands and your face. Like, every, like different people have different things they focus on, right? Again, these are cultural mm-hmm, yeah. aspects. And that's why when it comes to hijab, I personally, I see wearing hijab as uh, many other things that you could do for, you know, Allah and other good deeds that you do. The same way that, you know, um, if you wear hijab, if you pray salah, if you fast, whatever it may be. These are on a level playing field with me, which is why I don't understand the constant uproar when it comes to the way a woman dresses and what kind of person she is if she does wear hijab or if she doesn't wear hijab. I mean, I know why yeah. it's happening. It's because people like to tell women what to do. But for me, personally speaking, I'm not going to go and be like, you know, uh, lecture somebody for hijab as if they've done the worst thing ever by, by removing it or wearing it in a different way because it's stated they haven't. They really have, in my opinion, they have You know what's, no, Hafsa, but this conversation, having this conversation is so hard because like the hijab is such an unsafe conversation. It's so unsafe to talk Mm. about hijab, whether it's men or, I know we talk about men a lot, but also women, like I can't, without being judged, you can't be honest about how you feel about the hijab, whether you wear or not. So it's like, it's such an unsafe conversation because I like challenge anyone to go and talk about the hijab in any way and the comments and the conversations that surround it is just so insane to me. We don't talk about the salah like this. We don't like if someone is not praying salah, we say three salahs is better than nothing, you know, mm-hmm. or one salah is better than yep. nothing. Or if someone's praying wrong, we feel no type of way teaching a person how to pray. Like we feel no type of way. You don't judge the person for praying wrong. You just teach them. But when it comes to the hijab, so much is is attached to it so much judgment is attached to it um and in the end day it's just an act of worship it's literally an act of worship for me to wear a hijab and like the world itself sees like we're, we're going to talk about like feminism and the way you know being a woman in this world is already hard enough like being a hijabi woman and then having the society judging you and then your community the muslim people who know that this is an act of worship judging you is insane i think like you know when you said how unsafe it is it's like we can't we can't be critical of people who are uh not wearing hijab properly or we can't be critical of ourselves we can't be critical of each other but we also can't talk about the other side so like what's stopping like like right now what hafsa was saying about how it's a traumatic experience anyone can run with that and say hijab oppresses women right and then we can talk about like yeah. oh you know there are the correct ways to wear the hijab and this is probably the right way to hijab and someone else will run with that and like a man will potentially run with that and like use that as an argument against a woman so it's like anytime i'm even speaking about hijab it's like who's going to weaponize my words against mm-hmm. me or someone else so i can't i can't be critical and i can't like i can't be critical in any 
way shape or form you know what i mean like half everything you said is extremely so valid silenced. yeah so like that's why we can't say anything because like everything half you said is completely valid it's not true for everyone like i can speak to my own personal experience and say like alhamdulillah like i think i was fortunate and probably sheltered from that kind of environment that i didn't have to experience it that but a lot of people did and a lot of people still like have a great relationship with hijab but can also acknowledge that it didn't maybe start off in the right way but it's like Anyone can literally take any aspect of what we say in this conversation yeah. and use it and in another way. It. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's 100%. just like, it's so, it's, it's so hard. It is very hard. Um, I just want to do, I want to clarify, sorry, one thing. What I was saying earlier about people's experiences, those are not, I'm not talking about individual experiences per se. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely. it was kind of like the community experience. Do you know what I mean? Like having to step out or like, you know, get out of line. I don't know how sheltered your experience was, Ikran, but I do know that whether I lived in the Emirates or whether I was in Canada, whatever part of the globe I was on, if I, even in, when I was in Somalia, like if, depending on how you dressed, people perceived you in that way. And whether, you know, your parents looked at you one way or another, or whether it was your uncles, aunts, or just people in the broader community, that did dictate how you would just at the end you of the day like you had to yeah. be a really strong person or somebody with like a lot of you know you really didn't either you were really strong or you were really you know right in your shit. convictions or you just didn't give a shit and you're like you know what i'm doing me and that takes strength and to have and like you know to try to get like a bunch of kids to you know at 13 14 15 16 asking questions or doing what they want to do and like having that's that's a really huge ask especially if they're young girls who are taught their entire lives you know, you need to be respectful. You need to care about what, how other people perceive you. Your reputation is what's most important. Oh, if, if somebody says this about you, khalas, you're done for. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, Hafsa, it's the, also the fact that we all basically in the end, just to toe the line, end up wearing a uniform because you never know mm-hmm. when someone's going to decide a certain fabric is, is haram. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, it was actually like insane growing up in that. We're allowed to question everything. Like you could genuinely ask your parents, like, where is God and all this stuff, but you can't ask questions about the because that means oh you're being influenced something's going wrong it's over for you i guess like that's obviously one way to look at i think i think it's worth recognizing i guess myself in this conversation that maybe i didn't really have much issues with it because i typically wear loose fitting clothes and obviously for me i'm pretty skinny so it's pretty easy for me and i wore hijab for like most of my life like and for me it, it it was a gradual thing you know like i wore hijab like really young but obviously like i'm not wearing like abaya at like six right like i would wear my t-shirt and then gradually like for me i don't even remember when it changed but it was just something like i think that like you know i would wear hijab outside but like if men came to the house i didn't and then i don't remember when that changed but it was like almost a gradual thing that i didn't even notice it and like personally i'm grateful for that because you know a lot of people struggle with hijab and for me it wasn't you know and i don't if whether you know it was because I slowly um, morphed into it at a young age that I don't know what I'm missing out on. That could be it. But alhamdulillah, like I was lucky in that sense. And But I, I do think it's worth recognizing that some people don't struggle with it, maybe because of their body shapes or, you know, they, it was just easy because they started early. And they Community just, you know what too. I mean? Like the people, if everyone around you is wearing a hijab, you don't see, you don't, like you're yeah, not Yeah, you don't feel like you're missing out, right? And I literally went to an Islamic school where everyone 
hijabis, non-hijabis, whether you were hijabs outside of school or not, everyone had to come with hijab. So you don't feel like yeah. other... It's, yeah, personality too. Like your personality, like Hafsa said, like the kind of mind space you're mm-hmm. in and the kind of person you are does affect how you... Like we all struggle with something in the deen. Yeah. Like everyone will struggle with something. Yeah, exactly. It, someone's struggle could be the hijab. So, you know, but having that conversation, like I find that's the whole point. Having the conversation where we admit that someone's struggle is a hijab or someone's struggle is something else without judging them for mm-hmm. it specifically like if you are struggling with the hijab you have a completely different label than everyone else and that's interesting to me it's there's like no empathy if you're struggling with hijab like a lot of us struggle with different things we have like different vices you know what i mean but like it's not outwardly so you don't have to know about it and you know may allah make it easy for us right like we're not going to go around and uh, tell people what our sins are and what we do and what things that we find difficult the hijab is like everyone can see it everyone thinks they have a say in in that right and like no one also because we're a woman let's be honest yeah it it is because it's it's a woman too right because we can talk about men who wear short shorts we could talk about men and how they style their hair and they're supposed to have it all one side like one length and you know what i mean like there are a lot of things that actually men outwardly do wrong but you never like never will hear anyone police them and how they dress and what they outwardly do as muslims right but it's easy to do it to women Everyone knows what a woman's hijab is. No one knows what a man's hijab is. Definitely, 100%. It's a lot of, I think a lot of people's experiences have to do with the fact that they are their individual experiences. And I totally can relate to what you're saying, Karan, about how like, you necessarily didn't have to deal with, um, you know, certain issues because you went to an Islamic school and everybody's wearing the same thing and you wear baggy clothes and all that. And perhaps like, my personal experience might have been different because A, like, I always had a bit of an ass when I was a kid. Like, I was being told, like, my ear have to see your butt sticking out. Make sure you wear something longer that covers it. And, like, I had, like, my, like, to, you know, look at my wardrobe a few, t- like, a few times compared to other kids who just wore whatever the hell they wanted. Or I would, and, and also I would see how people spoke to and spoke about other girls, um, who, maybe because I don't know, I was always, like, on the fringe of like adult conversations and i would always hear how people spoke about girls who took off their hijab or like stopped dressing a certain way or started you know dressing differently and i was always thinking in the back of my mind i'm like damn who are they gonna turn on next they're gonna turn on you next hafsa because they will find something <laughs> and you couldn't even say a word because the minute you try to bring it up the minute you try to bring it up why are you thinking about doing it too blah, 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 exactly blah, blah, blah. it's like, just like it's, yeah come on it's sickening in space like that you can't even critique like you can't even give honest honest advice or what is considered criticism on such a large scale like we're going to talk about topics that people are in like representation and all the stuff we can't even critique those kind of stuff because we are going to be lumped with those people that we genuinely don't want to be lumped with so we'd rather just stay silent on this whole hijab conversation which is what we've done time and time again right not even negative like if you give any type of criticism it's over for you because you're like everyone else who sucks and that's how the conversation is set up it's binary it's either you're with or against uh, with or against that's it it's a binary conversation there's no nuance there's no complexity you're either a whore or you are extremist that's and it as someone like you know like islam right all these women like all these muslim women are sisters in islam we're not i feel like on the other end right we're not even allowed to because like let's be real right if you're someone who's wearing hijab and you take it off like that's a fard that you took off right and obviously you have your own internal struggles but i feel like you're not even allowed to um feel bad you know because at the end of the day we all want to go to jannah right and that is something that is helps you get there right and i feel like we're not allowed to feel bad that they've 
I don't know how to express to say it. Like, well, I feel yeah. sad. Like, even if I don't know you, like, if you're someone on the internet that I see who's been wearing hijab, like, it makes me sad that you struggle with it so much that you had to take it off. And a lot of time it has to do with outside voices. But ultimately, I also feel sad because this is, again, something that is a fard, right? That we can see. Because obviously we can't, we can't see all the other things you're struggling with. But it is something that I can see that, you know, you've given up and you, you can't really give nasiha or advice or talk to anyone because of all the like negativity that comes with advice these days that there's no room for like anyone to say anything to anyone whether it's positive or negative yeah it's because of internet culture and people saying stuff like so harsh in giving advice people are so harsh when they're trying to do quote-unquote nasiha or da'wah and like the whole da'wah nasiha terminology has been tainted but by, by these people who are just truly and honestly I just think enemies of progress like they're just so evil in their heart I don't think they even know that but like when you give nasiha in a way where you're bullying a person badgering a person that's not coming from your heart that's a power play I'm so sorry but even moving away from people who um you know the internet or social media or whatever people that are your close friends family and whatnot and they're going through their hijab struggles right I mm-hmm. often see like when like a girl is going through her hijab struggles and she's thinking about taking it off or she's taking it off or you know it's not it's not always just hijab there's always like uh, more often than not there's something else going on and there's a lot of things that are happening sometimes yeah. or sometimes yeah it is as simple as just wanting to take off the hijab but what ends up happening is a lot of times I've noticed is this person either becomes isolated or will isolate themselves yeah Yeah. and this is you know staying away from friends who they may perceive or may believe would guilt trip them or lecture them or shame them Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff and what makes me so sad about that is you can't even have a conversation sometimes you can't even have a conversation with your girlfriends about why you're doing what you're doing like if it was anything else if it was any other decision good or bad that a person was making you will sit down with your girlfriends and you try to get their opinion about what's happening and what's going on but when it comes to hijab we're all tiptoeing we're all tiptoeing like how many times you're gonna seem like a hater or like you just like that's what i'm saying like even if you love them like i love you for the sake of allah and what makes the most sense would be like to talk to you like not judge you try to you know remind you of Allah remind you that Allah loves you remind you you know like this is but you can't you can't bring it up you can't you can't say anything because of how it'll be perceived and I think on top of that it's not even that like the person perceiving it as well could honestly just say yeah like I'm struggling right now pray for me I hope I come back and like I hope I I you know they'll they'll tell you yes or no or whatever that person can't even have that conversation with you because they're automatically on the defensive exactly it's always it's automatically like I know what I'm doing is right right for me and this is what I need to do even though more times than not so like I've had this conversation with a few of my close friends right who either were like you doubt like questioning about whether they should continue wearing hijab or they want to take it off right and I'm not gonna lie I'm a bit of a blunt person and um, sometimes I need to reel it in but I always do it out of love and a lot of times you'll hear the whole oh you know I just want to try this or I just want to try that and blah 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 and this and that and da 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 and like you know this is what's good for me I don't think Allah is going to punish me like whatever people will say right but when you come down to the nitty-gritty of it all right do you, like the question the important question to ask is do you think what you're doing is right or wrong and why is that you know what I mean? And if people, your intentions too, you exactly. can't just be wearing stuff without intentions. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, Istahil, you can also say that, you know, it's better. To, is it is it better to wear the hijab without the intention or just to take off all the hijab altogether and say, I don't have no, the but why are you so struggling, right? It. 
Sorry? But why are you struggling? Why is why are you struggling as a person? But is yeah, it because you don't believe in it. Yeah. So Exactly. So I mean like the the question is is like if you're not even able to have if we're not even able to have these conversations about why yes. we're doing what we're doing or and we're not even forget about other people, we're not even able to deep dive deep down within ourselves and have these conversations with ourselves, then what kind of it's hope wild, do we have? Isn't it? Yeah, what kind of hope do we have? And like just even thinking about what hijab is meant to be, you know what I mean? Like more the, more times than not, the, the girlies that I know, they're like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be wearing hijab, but I struggled with it for X, Y, Z reasons. And I know like I'm not supposed to take it off, but I want to take it off. And, and this is what I'm going to do. And I think yeah. to me, that's the braver thing to say than the dancing around mm-hmm. and, you know, not acknowledging and like ignoring this situation altogether from both sides. Because if you really are... Uh, like if you really love someone for the sake of Allah are you not gonna have this conversation with them that's my yeah. question no but that's the thing the reason why people don't feel ha- comfortable having this conversation is because it's tainted it's such a like a conversation that has been made binary by society like that you are, genuinely if you come to someone to talk about the hijab their previous experiences might have been someone on the street who said why are you just like that or like the, their last fight with a parent or you know you're triggering them it's literally a trigger mm-hmm. but confrontation so. doesn't mean judgment this is my thing. Like, why do people automatically assume that just because we're having this conversation, I'm judging because I'm telling, like, because somebody, I, somebody else, whoever's telling you or we're talking about what hijab is meant to be, I'm automatically judging you for your decision not to do it. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't, that doesn't make sense just to like, me. I think like when everyone is judging you and everyone is really vocal with you and like they're all like almost shitting on you for something, the next person who brings it up, you're. I feel like you're just being defensive in a way, right? Like you just... Do they think they're going to hear the same thing again which I guess then it brings it to like you know you should be able to feel comfortable with your friends at least close friends and people you yeah. trust right versus like c- expecting them to be like random people on the internet and not putting them on the same no level. but uh, uh, Ikran everyone is comfortable with literally every topic like you are you are willing to brave every topic with your friends except the hijab conversation yeah yeah no because in the end of the day it's 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 it her choice that like you're gonna we're gonna like we're gonna take the coward's way out and say that's their choice yeah it, it is tr- that i mean that's very true like i mean we talk about everything right and that hardly comes up and i remember listening to a lecture i think it was i'm gonna say some i can't remember and he was like you're supposed to like advise your friends and really like tell them even though they want don't want to hear something and like because you love them more than you love your friendship so you love them for the sake of law and you love them beyond that more than you're scared of like what they're going to think about you because you're telling them something that they need to hear and i was like wow like that was i was like that's so true because sometimes you're scared of like how they're going to perceive you even though what you're telling them is something that you're truly saying because you love them but yeah it's a very very slippery slope that we i think we need to feel more comfortable um broaching make safe spaces guys (laughs) One thing, though, I do want to just point out is I think more times than not, people do tend to lecture when they have these conversations and they really we all need to work on getting off our high horse when we're having these conversations. I mean, the same way that we're saying, you know, talk to somebody because you love them for the sake of Allah. You need to know exactly what Mm -hmm. you're going to say and how you're going to say it and be conscientious of exactly what you're doing, because like, honestly, the way that these conversations tend to go um it's it's it could be it could be a real mess and the other thing though is that like hijab is uh something like that we're supposed to do as muslims the same way we're supposed to do a lot of things right 
And yes. is it like one one thing that sometimes, you know, people also feel self-conscious of is that, and I'll, I'll say this for myself, like, oh, how am I going to bring up this topic? Or how am I going to bring up this thing when I don't even do this other thing? You know what I mean? Like, how am I going to bring up that when I'm not even, you know, wearing the hijab the best possible way? Like, I'm not wearing a jilbab. Yeah. I'm not wearing a abaya. Like, how am I going to tell this person, why are you doing this? Or like, how am I going to tell this person, oh, you need to pray this way and da 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 but I missed my, that salah yesterday. Do you get but what I'm saying? But what's wrong with just having, yeah, but what's wrong with having a conversation about it? We're both lacking. So let's just talk about the conversation. Like we talk about Uplift everything else. Yeah, uplifting. Like when someone says they're struggling with fasting, you tell them, oh, this is something you can do. Oh, this is something you could do. Try, you know, paying, uh, you know, you tell them all the stuff that they can do if they can't do something. So when someone says like, oh, I'm struggling with these aspects of hijab or this aspect, why is it so hard for us to talk about like different styles that someone might like? Some, you know, like different tips and stuff that they can do and be like, oh, we can work up to that progress. Instead of, you know, like making it seem like I'm lecturing this person, they're lecturing me. Why can't it be a conversation that you know like you benefit from but you know that that relatability of it all if anything should make it easier for you to have that conversation do you know what i mean like for example if like if somebody is i know struggling with hijab and i'm struggling like i'm i'm worrying it and i'm not thinking about taking it off but i know it's hard like why can't i come at this conversation from that angle do you know what i mean oh yeah. but you know i it's such I, a maybe silent I prayed, struggle yeah it's a silent struggle i struggled praying all my salahs but i managed to do them but maybe i missed one or two. Oh, this person isn't praying. let's let's you know talk about it together and we'll talk about why i should like be honest because a lot why are we why are we not coming at these conversations like why are we not coming at, at at these things with the whole instead of saying you should be praying you should be fasting you should be this why can't we come at it of, I struggle with this a lot too? Because realistically, most of us do. I struggle with this a lot too. I miss that one too. Let's talk about how we could, you know, do this uh, one, two, three things to make it better. Or I tried this thing last time and it really helped me out. Like, we're not even talking like that. Lish, why? I don't yeah. understand. Also, I think I think another thing is the fact that hijab is so, like, it's such a public issue. Um, Like, we're in, Ca- I'm in Canada, right? Literally, the only hijabi in most spaces and like the first thing people do is judge you based on your hijab and like everyone knows what hijab is and everyone knows you're muslim when they see you and everyone has opinions on it and so sometimes the struggles even though they're solitary they're affected by like i can have a conversation with you and and ikran but we're all hijabis and then the moment i go out other people are telling me to do different things like you know i feel more comfortable being a different person outside of the space does that make sense like so the hijab is like, yeah, it's the, the, when you're praying, you're the only Muslim you pray in a corner. People most likely won't see you. But when you're in a hijab, you're going out with a whole identity to the outside world. And sometimes it's just easier not to be that person. But I just, I just want to take a minute to say that not, none of, I don't think any of us are the paragons of how to advise and know. how not to judge and how to, <laughs> I mean, there's Guys, been, I'm telling you right now, we don't even do these conversations. That's why it's so, this episode's so hard, right? Straight up. And uh, how many times, like, there's there's been a lot of, like, hot topics or trending topics that have been going on for a while that, you know, we send each other in the group chat and we'll be like, oh, this is going on. I- I'm talking about on TL, but we're going to talk about it in private. Ha, ha, okay, moving on. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like, I don't want to, you know, put on, put this image out there. And there is a lot going on um, online. And I think um, we should probably, like, talk a bit about it because there's one specific thing that's been all over everywhere lately that i didn't know was a thing until like a month ago and it's the whole balaclava situation that is very interesting to me very interesting 
Can you give us like a, a recap, a short recap? So, so basically, uh, for those of you who don't know, a balaclava, the only reason I know it is because it's shit we used to wear in the cold, 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 cold of winter when it's, uh, you know, minus 30, minus 40. It's basically like... Um, a toque or like a, a like a like a knitted hat that rolls all the way down your face um and then there's like there's like a little hole in it for sometimes your whole face or just your eyes um and apparently um it's become a, a fashion thing that's come back in some women wear it for or some muslim women wear it as like an alternative to a traditional hijab um and you know people are now wearing it as a fashion statement um almost like it's a trend that's come back in and I think the the thing is, the issue is that a lot of people have been having is um, it's felt almost as if like that has been another thing that's been allowed for uh, non-Muslim women to do that Muslim women have been judged on for a long time. Uh, because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it is a, he- a, a head covering, right? Um, so there's debates about, is this appropriation? Is this something that uh, you know, non-Muslim women should be doing? Should they not be doing it in solidarity with Muslim women? What's going on? Okay, there's also the other part of the conversation where people are saying that because it's not something that Muslims are known for, that when you go out wearing a baklava, people will not associate you with, like, Islam. And so, therefore, new rules apply to you, aka that girl who had, you know, like, the baklava pulled off her in the TSA because it's not religious anymore, because baklavas are, you know, palaklava, sorry, sorry, are, you know, not something religious. So you don't have the freedom to say, this is my hijab, I will never remove, you know? Mm. But then this whole thing opens up the entire conversation of traditional versus non-traditional versions of hijab. Do you know what I mean? Like, because we mentioned earlier um, in the beginning of the podcast, top of the podcast, you know, a hijab is meant to be a head covering um, and cover your chest, you know, um, modesty, modesty in dress and whatnot. But what what is a hijab like literally? Like, is it just a piece? Is it just that long piece of cloth or that square piece of cloth that we tie under um, or the scarf that we tie under our chin? Is it a jilbab that, you know, you wear that drags on the floor? What is it? And why is it like why is it that, you know, something like a like a turtleneck and a a hat? Or a uh, balaclava in this instance cannot be if if you if dressed appropriately and modestly and your and you know your ish is covered. Why can't that also be hijab? What's the big deal? I think the issue here is not the literal sense; it's perception. It's the stereotypes people put on hijabi women and how they think we should look and how we should dress. And therefore, when you go out into society wearing something that's more common in that side, like we bring our cultures to these diaspora countries, like to these Western countries, right? And so they assume, oh, you're from the, you're from the Gulf. You should be wearing black on black on black. You're from, you know, Southeast Asia. You should be wearing colorful clothes, colorful hijabs, you know, those kind of jilbabs for like Somalis, colorful jilbabs, you know? So when you wear um, something that the society is known for, aka a balaclava, or you're wearing, you know, like a hoodie and like thingy, automatically they're gonna assume, oh, you are not Muslim. Like it's the way you you uh, move in society. That's how what I think is the issue here. I mean, yeah, when Asad first mentioned this topic, I was, like, very indifferent. I was, like, because there's a lot of outrage, I guess, like, oh, uh, why should um, why should people who are not Muslim, I guess, like, white women or whatever, uh, be able to wear um, this piece of clothing and not, I guess, be, like, hate crime? And whereas, you know, like, if you're a Muslim, like, you know, we wear hijab and, you know, we're seen as oppressed. And, like, I just, 
I don't know, guys. Like, I genuinely think that it's a very... How do I see this? Like, I just feel like it's so... Like, are you shocked? Like, don't be shocked. Like, they know that... um covering our head had nothing to do with oppression like the whole topic is like oh you guys let her wear it and you guys don't think she's oppressed and i wear it and i'm oppressed okay but when you think about it it really never ever ever had anything to do with the fact that you are oppressed they just say you're oppressed because they're islamophobic because a lot of different religious women of religion wear head coverings and you don't see like this uh, media portrayal of them as oppressed people right like nuns wear head coverings i'm sure like different people from different religions wear some form of head covering and the the only people that are considered oppressed are obviously muslim women and it stems from islamophobia it has nothing to do with oppression and so like i don't know i feel like a lot of us already know this because like it's not new that you know other people also have head covering so the fact that they think it's cute and quirky when white women wear it and and cover their heads and not the same for Muslim women is really just to do with Islamophobia. So like, Far I'm course. just like, I don't, I'm not mad. Like, I'm not shocked. You're shocked? Like, don't be shocked. Yeah, but I also think uh, like not to take away from the people who are actually oppressed um, and forced to of wear Of course, that's like a whole other conversation though. Because if you get into that, that's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So not to take away from that, but like you need to realize that when we talk about Muslim women, like people talk about Islamophobia a lot. Like we're going to bring up like France and how they're literally banning women wearing hijab from Quebec, mini France, banning women from wearing hijab while working in, you know, like uh, government positions or whatnot. Or in sports. In France, sports, like little by little, they ban little by you know, different things. Women can't wear hijab if they're working in uh, hospitals or with uniform or outside or to teach or whatever it is. But we always say Islamophobia. But what we're, what is actually happening is that Muslim women are seen as the image or the representation for all Islam. And because it's so much easier to oppress women than it is to oppress men, mm-hmm. we are the victims every single time of Islamophobia. And so we, we always say, oh my God, you know, Islam. but when we talk about Islamophobia, people don't realize what we mean is Muslim women. <laughs> Like a lot of the time, it's specific. It's very specific. It's not. It's very like, targeted. Not everyone's getting hit with Islamophobia. So yeah, Ikran, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. So that's like. So uh-huh. when I saw that, I was just kind of like, yeah, like the argument. I guess that people were trying to make against, I guess, not getting white women to wear or like getting upset that they're getting credit for it is just. It's not surprising. It's kind of what we've like we've been seeing, right? So it's kind of like, do we really want our yeah. credit or recognition from Adam people? You know. But you know that's 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 the conversation that you would have not just about that's the conversation you would have not just about the balaclava but a lot of the rep, quote unquote res- representation that we're getting on like magazine covers and mm-hmm. in, in in photo shoots and on television on the big screen at the end of the day when it comes to representation and you know uh, the how Muslim and Mus- Muslims and Muslim women specifically are perceived around the world um, a lot of it has to do with the that what we're actually battling is the Islamophobia aspect of it, and not the modesty or the or the the fact that we're dressed modestly or whatever whichever way that we're that we appear to them. Um, but I think my bigger uh, bone to pick with it all because a lot of people not only some people yes they do wear their hijab in like a more um, in a with with like the balaclavas and the hoodies and whatnot because you know as a fashion statement but i think it's just part of the natural progression of what people you know call hijab because like we said earlier a lot of the things that you know we wear now come from 
um, you know, a lot of the place that we actually came from physically, you know what I mean? Like historically. Yeah. Um, it's, it's you know, Abai, whether it's Abayas, Jilbabs, the little chiffon hijabs, the jersey wraps, whatever they are, the square, sika hijab, whatever they are, they're be- we were these things because this is what culturally our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents used to wear back in the day, wherever, you know, they immigrated from or wherever they lived. And, you know, being part of a community, a diaspora, living out in the Western world, what do people wear where we are? You know what I mean? And for that to be to become part of what um, you know, becomes hijab, that makes complete sense to me. And I think that part of the conversation for me is the bigger conversation we should be having. Because we already know a lot of what we are going through has to do with sexism, has to do with misogyny, has to do with Islamophobia, right? I think what we need to shift our gaze towards is what we um consider hijab and whether because right and whether we are you know looking at people and tell them actually you never should have been doing that in the first place because that's not even hijab girl take that shit off do you know what i mean because that Mm -hmm. is a huge part of what's happening right now in general like i think fashion trends are right now trending modestly like most modest quote-unquote okay i just mean covered um so they're trending modestly and so a lot more people are comfortable um wearing the clothes a lot of hijabis are more comfortable wearing those clothes and be like oh modest queen fashion icon like you know i think fashion has a big influence on how hijabis you know move in this world it's like we want to be fashionable we want to be religious we want it all um so it's nice to have you know more options on modest clothes like longer skirts or you know like clothes that are loose fitting but fashionable like you know it's nice to have that in mainstream uh, outlets and whatever so when it comes to representation I'm always you know, in the mindset that if I can find it in stores without like you know it's so it was crazy because there was a point in time before the maxi dress came out you know when before maxi dresses were a, a trend mm-hmm. you'd go to the mall and not find anything to buy like literally yep. you wouldn't be able to find anything so we would all go to like the ethnic stores and wear the same clothes because the options are not available or we'd have to get it tailored and that costs so much money so now being able to walk into a store and be able to fashion out an outfit because they're making longer clothes most more loose fitting clothes that are all like in trend is really nice to see like i really like that but what i don't like like kran said is like people assigning certain uh ideas or speaking for hijabis or whatever like we started this episode talking about what the hijab is and like how we're perceived i can walk if i walk on this out this door you know wearing my hijab and everything i'm automatically a person who's a hijab like i automatically have a label on me it's not something i could take off just like i can't change my skin color or i can't change any of the other stuff it's literally a title like when we say people are getting hate crime like literally people are targeting hijab women to get hate crimed so it's the identity part of it is kind of iffy like when people say oh modest queen to kim kardashian when she wears like a covering that's like you know like all covered up but she's not a hijabi she's not muslim she like you know so when when those people talk about if they talked about the struggles that muslim women are going through especially the banning and all the stuff that's happening that's a nice thing that's a good thing i think that's something that should be said however we are not surprised i don't know why people thought like because the discussion about that was like, oh, Kim K can wear that, but Muslim women can't wear that. Muslim women, Muslim women don't wear that. 
Like, who wears that? <laughs> like, why the hell did they think it was okay to say, oh my gosh, you guys are celebrating Kim K, but when Muslim women cover up, you guys... Wait, wait, Khan, I don't think they're literally saying what Kim K is wearing is 100% okay. I think they're saying celebrating modesty Being able when to it cover comes up, to Kim yeah. K. Kim K. Yeah, but she's I mean, able would you to consider that to be modest, though? Way. No, but Ikhan, forget for, about for that. Her. It's about it's modesty for her. It's the term, it's the word modesty. It's the fact that she covered up more than usual. Okay. So yes. there there the argument is is like, how come Kim K is allowed to have some semblance of modesty? But a Muslim woman who are, you know, this is their whole brand, apparently, okay? Um, they're, when they do it, they're told you can't work in a public office. You, uh, you actually can't do sports anymore, according to France. You can't do this and that. That's the question you need to ask. And like, that's that, w- one thing I quickly want to touch on that made me laugh, laugh till I cried today was Vogue France put out a post on their Instagram <laughs> of like some woman in like a baklava or like some kind of hijab head covering. And they were like, it was oh Julia my Fox God. wearing a scarf. It was, and they're like, oh my God, look at this beautiful headscarf. The same week that we have an announcement that France is banning um, hijab in sports. The same France as apparently. Explain that. Riddle me that. Like sports Olympics thing. I don't know. Like how do you look at that and really think that they actually have something like something against covering your head? They don't. It's literally they just have something against Islam, period. They're sick. Yeah, and women are the easiest link. You always start with policing women's bodies and the way they dress because it's the easiest. And then the men, you know, they can't do anything about it. And but for them, it's like they've done it. They can get away with it. So they go ahead and do it. I really wish, I'm not going to lie, I really wish that, you know, when people are out here, um, you know, saying it's not fair that people are about to be modest and this and that, blah, 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 blah. Like, I really wish that the parallels between, um, you know, what they're, like, the, the direct comparisons and parallels were being made instead of people saying we want representation too, always. You know what I mean? Yeah. Representation is beautiful, but why do we want representation? What is that representation going to change for us? I don't want to just say, I see, I, it's not enough for me to say, oh, I relate to somebody seeing, like, you know, that girl has a hijab like me. But then when I go outside, I'm about to get hate crimed. I saw, sorry, I wanted no, to see. No, you guys, you guys wearing the hijab and people saying, why don't you cover the ha- the hair on your face, like the eyebrows? Don't you need to cover those too? Like, you know, the kind of questions, the kind of stuff that people tell us because they hide behind ignorance is insane. So when we say we want representation, it's not enough to have like a hijabi woman um, on screen or in pictures. Like education is important. Gala. Talking about, yeah, or at the <laughs> Met Gala or at these big ass events. Like we would want to be able to go to an event without looking like a freaking weirdo. You know, like people think, oh, what, what is a hijabi doing here? Kind of thing, like living our lives. But we, we've we reached that point. We'd like people to stop asking us stupid questions like whether we, we uh, cover the hair on our face. You know what I mean? Honestly, the, the we have to really think about why we're upset about some of these things because honestly, like going back to the balaclava thing, like a lot of people were just upset that it seemed like white women were getting credited for it. And it was, to me, it's almost like, okay, like is it that deep like is it really something you should be like wanting to get credit for like is it really the best of things and it's just i don't know like i see those things and i couldn't help but relate it to the whole met gala nor Taguri thing and how she wanted muslim women to be recognized and like it, it it almost like they are two completely different things but like i couldn't help but parallel like we're there like she was getting mad at met gala for not having muslim representation and now we're getting mad at like uh white women getting attention for the balaclava but not muslim women and it's like this obsession with just kind of being 
in the media and being like the first person to do it or getting the recognition when like really what does that do like what does that do for us no but um well to play devil's advocate i'm so mm, sorry not the devil's advocate oh, not the devil's advocate. <laughs> oh my god no Anyway, um, the way people like at least people are spotlighting the France thing because you guys, this Bill Twenty One that people are talking about now for Quebec, like when was it talked about? When before it actually came to like you know in such under such a big spotlight last year and this year, it was like three four years ago. And you know the only people who were talking about it, hijabi women. Like literally, we are the only ones who talk about our issues. At least now, some people feel like it's the guilt. Let's be honest, it's the performance of it all. Where if you talk about the baklava, you must talk about France and how it's banning women. But at least that's happening. You know what I mean? If that brought about that conversation, I'm all for it. If for me, it was like, what does this? What do you gain from this? But if it's if it's bringing up other discussions, then more power that's the whole point of this conversation right we're trying to say listen let's not be as like let's not be shallow and just try to say we want to see ourselves out in the streets and like normalize being out here but also let's take the opportunity when we do have these um you know chances of representation to highlight these bigger issues within the same breath because this is we we this is the the hugest factors in our everyday lives you know what i mean but um i think yeah. we've, we've we've chatted about this quite a bit today but i just wanted to conclude um with a hadith that we all know um, and it's that the Prophet said Islam began as something strange and it will return to being strange so blessed are the strangers and if we're out here weirdos in the streets people thinking that we're you know little creeps why are we here why are we there we just need to remember we are always going to be the strangers and blessed are the truly strangers. and honestly <laughs> the hijab is a trend right now in a couple of years we're, we're gonna be the weirdos on the street like it's literally that's the case so you need to know why you do the things you do to worship Allahi, why you wear the hijab what you know like to be honest with yourself and like the goal is jannah ultimately mm-hmm, exactly. as much as we fight for all of this and like for our rights and like for recognition yeah. and for we're trying to know, make life easy for us <laughs> like make life easy for us at the end of the day we do what we do for Allah and you know that's our end goal yeah, may Allah make hijab and all the different challenges and things that we struggle with easy for us and everyone who's listening because you know that's the whole point right like we struggle and Allah loves the sinners who repent so you know we we have as long as we're on this earth we have time so may Allah make it easy for all of us okay guys so um I'm sure like this is kind of one of the uh maybe probably potentially a more controversial topic um that we've covered compared to our usual episodes so if you have your two cents and let's be real let's just be honest let's just be real so if you want to throw in your two cents if you want to let us know what you think about what we've spoken about if you agree if you disagree if you want to just you know let the streets know uh please feel free to uh message us or uh dm us um on instagram twitter at Abuan podcast um you can also add us if you want to be a little bit reckless and wild and call <laughs> us names too <laughs> And if you'd like to be a bit more anonymous, you can always send us a message on Curious Cat. You can also send us, you can also shoot us an email um, at abwanchronicles at gmail.com. Um, we do have a TikTok account, but, you know, it's just a little bit quiet right now. But you can also, like, you know, reply in our TikTok messages, DMs, comments. I don't know. Do what you got to do, guys. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made it to the end Mashallah, Allahumma barik to you. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Assalamu alaikum.